¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? What happens when I die? With me, 2W1. And uh, we're going to talk about, like, what happens to your physical body after you die. And yeah. just kind of yeah, all of these, good. these other different components of... Uh... Hats off <laughs> to you, because, I, I, you know, I'll say that, like, five years ago, that would have given me a panic attack. Same. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was talking to a friend about it, and I was like, yeah, so, like, this is going to be the po what the podcast is about. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> dude, like, no, like... Two weeks yeah. ago, I was on the road, and I was like, just, I couldn't sleep because I kept having that fear. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. want to start a healthy conversation about it. You want to be death positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like sex positive. Yeah, yeah, because uh, regardless if you believe it or not, it's coming for you. I was going to say, yeah, and that's one of the things, like, because when I was, like, super panicky about it, uh, when I was 25, yeah, that's when it, like, really, like, came to a boiling point for me. I turned 25. Three days later, I went, I spent two days in a mental hospital. Mm -hmm. And it was because of, like, it, the, the overwhelming feeling of death and then feeling, like, where my life was going. You know what I mean? Like, knowing that there is an eventual stopping point that we all come to and it's inevitable and then thinking about where my life is and you know like that having that confrontation right there really it it, it got me into looking it, it once i got out of the mental hospital yeah. it got me into like finding what like what will give me peace about about that situation and it was like getting in, into like death positive things yeah yeah it's it's something i'm still trying to do you know i recently like had a really bad uh mental episode and it's one of those things where like watch uh inside again <laughs> uh no so my last mental break breakdown was brought upon uh by i watched this thing on hulu called everything or no 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 it's called uh in and of itself mm. and it's a stage magic show uh but instead of like cool look at these tricks it's this guy having an existential crisis through the medium of magic <laughs> <laughs> okay and it, it sounds it sounds kind of like what uh i've yeah, seen it twice yeah. i cried every time yeah uh okay that's that's interesting <laughs> so he's having an existential crisis during magic i feel like that's all magicians right yeah but the other magicians make a front of like look at how cool i am and like, <laughs> but he's like this is what it is i'm real yeah okay but this guy is like he's like am i a piece of shit <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then i watched synecdoche new york like two days after uh, which is a two and a half hour movie about an artist that can't come to terms with the fact that he is worried his art isn't good. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, 
it is stretched out and it is very um it's abstract it's by the guy who did being john malkovich and uh Mm. i'm thinking of ending things so like uh it's (laughs) this guy is like staging uh, a corner on new york and he's like well no if i want it to be a proper uh, uh representation i need to do all of new york but smaller uh, that he realizes, well, if he's doing that, then he needs to do a smaller New York inside of the New York he's building. <laughs> okay. And this is um, this a, a very like this is up your alley for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Suicidal art? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like this is like I feel like you would suggest this or you would have watched this. So this this I guess yeah. makes sense. Yeah. There's a yeah to plot spoil this movie uh this part might not even make it into the final cut of the podcast but um i'm gonna spoil it for you so you can figure out if this is something you want to see or not i'm just gonna refer to this instance the entire podcast (laughs) so if you take it out people will not understand exactly what's happening so uh the actor who plays the main character in the smaller new yorks right uh who through like the first half of the film you see him essentially stalking this guy yeah. And when it comes to casting him, the stalker's like, I could do it. I've been following you for years. Like, <laughs> I know how you behave. And then yeah. at one point, because the inside main character is reenacting everything the outside main character is doing, uh, he becomes super depressed and ends up killing himself in tinier New York. Uh, but before he does it, he goes, I have, he's like, I'm just showing you I have the courage of something you can't do. And then jumps off the building. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. God. So that's actually like, man, that's, <laughs> and this is on Hulu? Uh, I think so. Jeez. So so you watched this twice? I watched these things back to back. And then you're like, yep, I'm going to have a <laughs> mental breakdown. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that, that happened to me when I watched um, um, World's Greatest Dad. Oh yeah, that movie was such a dark movie for me, and I and like I'm even like timid to watch it again even now, because uh, like when I when I had initially seen it, I like I had to stop it like several times to like like gather my thoughts and gather myself, and then at the end of the night, it must have been like eleven thirty at night, and I had like a full on like panic attack, like I could not go to sleep, and I was first just sitting there quietly. And then I started thinking about it and I started like crying, like the hup ups, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, that type <laughs> yeah, of crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and my partner at the time, like, obviously she woke up and she's like trying to console me. And it was just so hard to articulate that the, like, I don't know, like the, I, the death, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that eternal, um, like fucking nothingness you know what i mean yeah and that's and 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 that's like really like the i feel like the crux of it that's where i've like found the peace because like when i was young i feel like i didn't like death was like kind of shielded from me yeah you know like i i didn't really i didn't really go to any funerals like my one of my uh aunts her name is aunt ruth uh and she uh had diabetes and like on her like final week she was looking like really terrible and my grandparents like didn't let us see her we didn't attend her funeral and she like she was like terrible and she what she did is she was just like not taking care of her diabetes so she yeah. ended up dying and uh like i feel like that's like the first instance of like someone who was like really close to me like dying and like it being like this taboo like you know like thing uh when in reality it's like fucking shit happens all the time yeah 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 um 
Yeah, and then like a second thing for me was when my cousin died in 2009. So my mom like sent me and my brother down and I grew up with this my, this cousin. His name is Michael. And in San Diego, he had like a pretty bad life and he ended up uh, – my grandparents ended up like taking him and his sister in and my grandparents raised them. And, uh, you know, me and my brother, we got out of San Diego and we came to Texas and he was there and he ultimately fell into like a gang lifestyle. Yeah. So in 2009, uh, someone shot him like from across the way and then he got like his body got run over and it was like real. Yeah, it was like real gruesome. And um, uh, my mom like sat us down and like told us about this. And I remember like the like the grief I felt was like. It was, like, really, really heavy, and I must have only been – yeah, I graduated in 2010, so I was just, like, a – I was only a junior in high school. And just, like, thinking about, like, someone I grew up with, someone I had, like, a deep connection with because he was, like, around all the fucking time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just – I don't know. It was very – it was really hard for me to grip with. But at that time, a, a lot like like other people, like young kids in America – they believe God was real and like, you know, I, I excuse me, I believe God was real and yeah. that he was going to go to heaven and Michael got his wings. And I don't want to sound cynical talking about my cousin's death, <laughs> but like, you know, now now that I think about it, like, uh, I I don't know. I maybe like, I don't know. I, I don't know if. Um, I don't know. It's. It's so fucking weird thinking about it now because I haven't thought about it in so long. But then recently, you know, my grandma died in – my grandpa died in 2019. My grandma died in 2020. And then I had a good friend, um, like, you know, kill himself in 2021. Yeah. And during the time of COVID, everyone's faced a lot of death. And I think the way I've, I've felt about it now is I've, like, kind of let myself sit in it, you know, like think about it, really feel the emotion – because my beliefs now are like, well, when we die, like there is nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is an eternal nothingness. It is uh, okay. It's it's probably really peaceful and we're going to go on, you know what I mean, with without it forever. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, but like that like gives me – gives me like peace. Yeah. I remember – so like when uh, – to speak on the funeral thing, I've been to two funerals in my life. It was uh, – one of my uncles when I was like seven, you know, and I can't, you can't yeah. comprehend death at seven. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really like, you just know that your uncle is, isn't coming around anymore. Like, that's just how you yeah. process it. It's just like, oh yeah, they just, they're, they're gone now. Yeah. Um, but as an adult, I, I also had a friend commit suicide. Uh, they died back in 2020 and it was like the first time as an adult post religion experiencing that kind of grief you know i had like my um my mother-in-law died but she and i you know we spoke to each other once so mm. i i got secondhand grief from my partner you know seeing them struggle with For sure with a parent's death but i i didn't have that same connection so it didn't hit me the same um yeah but like when i lost this friend it was like the first time me as an adult confronting another adult's death. Yeah. Um, you know, a consistent, like uh, an adult who's consistent in your life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird. It's so weird. Like, and, and, um, the thing like about like suicide and stuff like that is, um, 
everyone so i had a friend named well i had a friend who uh, who was a coworker, and he like committed suicide and everyone like thought he was like taking like the easy way out like i oh. remember that was like a consistent thing yeah at work and you know these were all like religious dudes who also believe that like if you commit suicide you know more than likely you're not going to go to heaven <laughs> and and it seriously it's so fucking weird and i just remember thinking i'm just like he was such a good fucking guy like and like the choice is never an easy choice yeah. you know you you think about it in that situation and like the way he must have felt is like you know it, it, terrible you know like in order to do that like i couldn't imagine you know the thought process behind it but like why like say like oh he's a coward he took the easy way out when in reality like he must have felt like that was the only way out yeah um what is it david foster wallace has that essay where he talks about like somebody in a burning building how everybody on the ground is screaming don't jump but they don't know the condition of like the room that he's in yeah they're not facing the yeah. heat or the smoke or whatever you know whatever is growing in there so it's un unfair for us to exactly. look at that person jumping you know are you gonna call the 9-11 jumper a coward <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah man yeah and that's like that's what's so crazy is like when my when i had a friend recently passed um i didn't know how to feel about it yeah. you know like it was immensely like sad uh like for me um because like i don't know you always think like um you you'd never think it's really ever going to happen to your friends group but like you know statistics and you think and then you look at you look at the way we treat like people with mental health and the stigma behind like therapy and you know shit like that that's yeah. why i'm very happy that they they uh they created 988 like that's such an easy yeah. but you know what that means what g e z has to change his song <laughs> no longer does it go with that song you yeah, know i didn't think about that Nobody, yeah, nobody's so, ever thinking about G Easy and the trouble no it's going to cause him when they implement <laughs> these programs. <laughs> the inconvenience. <laughs> Turns out G, G Easy lobbied against it specifically for this. Oh uh, man, I can't believe he wanted like wanted to record this on the day our president died. Yeah, I mean, no, I think it it makes sense. Uh, okay. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that whenever this is released, like. Like, I can predict the future. Like, yeah. oh, Joe Biden died on that day. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got COVID. Oh, man. No, so w when it comes to, because I know we've talked in the past about dealing with suicidal ideation or, like, uh, yeah. you know, the anxiety of death. Mm -hmm. um, like, w when did that click for you i know for me it clicked at around like 13 or 14 that like oh suddenly all of this can just be gone yeah I, I would say around that same time um like actually really whenever my whenever my cousin died mm -hmm. you know that's when that's when it really clicked for me and the thing is is like i grew up around catholics and my mom went to every religious church she could to find whatever religion she wanted you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh, you get like so many mixed, mixed, uh, um, like stories. And for me, the thing about hell never, ever really seemed real. The thing yeah. about like the fear of going to hell or the fear or like wanting to go to heaven it, to me, that like never drove me to like wanting to be a better person. You know what I mean? Like religion, like just doesn't appeal to me in, in that sense. Yeah. Uh, what it was for me was, was thinking about like, 
like how one day you're going to be on a cold slab and some fucking 30 year old is going to be rummaging through your guts. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the thing that like really like terrified me. Um, and I would say what, what really also like gave me the peace was fucking getting into like Alan Watts and like, you know, reading about philosophy and, um, finding the comfort in knowing that like once you're dead, like you're truly like free in a sense, Yeah, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm right about this God thing, and he's not real. But if so, God, I'm gonna be in hell. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about how, like, uh, uh, the they found like evidence on the meteor that like uh, all of the amino acids and proteins that led to life on Earth could have like come from an asteroid. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys was like, you know, that's really close to like what the Mormons believe, right? Like, that's a big component in mormon theology that god oh, yeah. from Kolob sent something to this planet for life to begin and i was like oh fuck no please don't tell me mormonism is the right one like no oh no god no jabby like i don't want to be like oh mormon i mean you can but i don't want to i don't want to discredit yeah, fuck a religion the mormons just because it's goofy sounding uh yeah but like i would be pissed if it was the mormons because they already have a monopoly on so many things like yeah. They're setting up U.S. Embassy, uh, U.S. or like embassies in each state via a crumble cookie to just try to get their uh, <laughs> their tentacles out there. Yeah, I I feel like I've grown up around uh, a lot of Mormons, and I can say that they're all weird. Yeah. Um. And and I will. I really think the um the religion. If it if any religion is going to be real, it's going to be um, Islam. Easy. <laughs> yeah, Islam. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know. And like, um, uh, I think also like being an atheist, cause I, 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 I'm pretty confident in saying that I'm, I'm an atheist. Yeah. Uh, I think being an atheist has like made me appreciate being alive and you know, the, the relationships I have with people. Cause one of the things I remember when I grew up is especially like during the Iraq war and the Afghanistan like war, um, especially in fucking uh, you know, where you'd walk into a Walmart and they have like the symbol and they're like, welcome back our troops like everywhere or uh, yellow uh, ribbons, uh, magnets on people's cars and shit. Yeah. Is George Bush like justifying, you know, the war with his religion, you know, yeah. and um, I think it's a, I think it's a fucking cop out. You know, I think I think religion uh, allows you to be like, well, yeah, we sent them to their deaths, but at least they're with God now. You know what I mean? And where, like, me being an atheist, I'm like, I would never send anybody to war because I know how temporary this life is. Yeah. And the last thing I want is for someone to die for, for no weapons of mass destruction. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for... I don't so, know. I just feel like religion... Um, so you're saying that, like, a lot of people use religion as, like, a uh, an abysmal padding. Like... They don't yeah. have to think about what happens after because they've already essentially just exactly, yeah. exactly, and and I think it's I think it's like really disgusting because in reality, you know, you can lose your life so easily and you're forever. Gone. Yeah, you can choke you on know? a peanut. Yeah, exactly. You can choke on a pretzel like fucking George Bush. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I feel like I've had that. Re- I've had. I've said that reference like. In the last three weeks, like four times on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just thinking about the George Bush pizza or uh, pretzel death yeah, just, way too. Yeah, uh, just reminiscing about 2006. 
Do you ever pick up mm. like a bag of rolled golds and go like, mm, not today? <laughs> yeah. And so the way I do it to make sure I don't die from pretzels is I kind of like let them sit in my mouth and give them a little mush <laughs> with my teeth, you know, so they get nice and wet. And then I like <laughs> gulp them down yeah. <laughs> like a seagull. He <laughs> can't die that way. Yeah. I just take yeah. tiny bites. Even on a pretzel. <laughs> Even, yeah. Even on a pretzel, just tiny bites. Some of your bites are just the salt because you take so tiny bites yeah. that it's, it's the size of a yeah. salt grain. But if I'm eating mm. like a slice of pizza, I'll fit half of it in my mouth and swallow after three chews. That's good because usually I roll my pizza up and dip it in water. <laughs> and then I like sauce it, yeah. slop it down. Like a, I'm so, like a hot dog eating contest. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the real life Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Did you see he's doing that raising canes uh uh challenge like tomorrow? See, or... people who aren't afraid of death, I love them. Yeah. You know, like that's like I w- recently watched the movie Big Fish mm-hmm. and if I saw if I if there was a witch in front of me and was like I will show you how you die, I would absolutely see it. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's, oh yeah. Like I grew up on fucking wimp.com. You know what I mean? Like I've seen some terrible, oh, horrible, yeah, yeah. God awful shit. Uh, oh, and I, yeah. And like to see my older self die, I feel like that'd be like insane. Uh, hopefully I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would you rather know, like, would you rather see how you die or when you die? Like if you had a choice, uh, when, yeah, when, uh, yeah, I don't need to know how. Um, I, I, I would like to know when, if I can, if I can know both, I guess you would know both if you saw when, right? I think or you saw how no, you, it would just tell you a day. It will just tell you the uh, day. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Then I would like to know when, um, for sure, because there'd be some shit like in the movie, big fish, he literally does all this crazy shit because he knows he's not going to die yeah, yeah, from yeah. it, you know? And absolutely. I would, I, yeah, I would. I would definitely want to know uh, when. I would want to. What know, about you? I would want to know how, so that I could uh, just lock myself in a vault away from. <laughs> <laughs> Justify being a recluse. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, hey, sorry, you can't bring anything maple in here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're gonna be like, you die in your house. <laughs> It's like so general and like not specific at all. Yeah, you die in your sleep, and you're like, oh fuck, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was talking to uh, a mutual friend of ours, and uh, I was talking to uh, Jacob uh, about horror movies. In Jacob from Phoenix. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I like to say Jacob because I know he's <laughs> against cops. So Jacob. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I talked to, uh, I was talking to, uh, Jacob about horror movies and he was like, you know, my dad was never afraid of a nightmare on Elm street. I was like, really? Why? And he was like, cause he never lived on Elm street. So he had no reason to be afraid. <laughs> and I was like, oh. oh yeah, huh? Like, I don't huh. need to be afraid of Jason cause I've never been to camp Silver Lake. Like as long as I avoid there and well, New York, uh, as long as I, <laughs> Or space. Or space. I wasn't going to go to space yeah. anyway because I know Elon Musk is on his way out there. And like, uh, Hopefully Jason will get him. <laughs> or the leprechaun. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny because I lived on Elm Street in uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're still here. Excuse me, Elm's Road. Oh, never mind. that's what it is, yeah. Never mind, never mind, yeah. yeah. It has to be Elm Street. <laughs>
Frankie Kruger from Elm Road. <laughs> he doesn't try to kill you in your sleep. You just hear the whistle that he's selling crack. <laughs> yeah, and he asks you for a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got? Can I bum a cigarette off you? <laughs> you got a short? Can I? Can I get a short? Yeah. Hey, man, you're in there. You mind grabbing me a black and wild? <laughs> Wood tip, please. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Have you ever had? Yeah, let's go with that. Have you ever had any near death experiences? Like, what's the the closest you've been to death personally? Um. I had a lady uh, pull a gun on me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was me and my friend, Steven. Um, yeah, so we were at a party, and um, it was a crazy party. I was, like, 22, maybe. Yeah, 22. Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously wearing and there's a shit ton of, you know, GIs. And with GIs <laughs> comes, you know, like, shitty parties and yeah. uh, bad beer. And so we were all hanging out at this duplex and we were just me. It was me and my group, my friend's group um, from high school. And they're, they're still my friend's group, actually. Uh, and we were playing beer pong, being asses, um, you know, doing all that shit, being vulgar. And um, these GIs were like getting rowdy. You know what I mean? And they were like talking shit to each other. They weren't like fucking with us. They were fucking with the, like each other. And uh, this dude walks by and he has a gun in the back of his his uh, his back and he's like, "Where's my wife? Where's my wife?" And we're like, "Yo, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, you got a gun? Like, chill out." Uh, and he was like, "Where the fuck's my wife?" And she was like on the lawn, you know, talking to her friends and shit. And he was just an unnecessary, like, getting hype. Apparently, someone had told them his wife was talking to somebody or whatever. Mm. So, um, um. I mean, that doesn't, that like, doesn't justify the gun, but no, it doesn't. No, no, absolutely. It doesn't. No. And that's why we were like, yo, fucking chill out. And like, but the night was like tense after that, yeah. you know, it was like, you can feel it in the air and we're still playing, playing beer pong. And this lady's like, Hey Nick, come get a tattoo with me. We're doing over here in this garage. And I'm like, no, thank you. That's how you get hepatitis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck that. And, um, this guy brings like 50 people. Like, from his party, he comes, and the street is just packed with people. Like, like it's crazy how many people are in, at these duplexes. Yeah. And, like, across the street, this fucking dude who was called Thor, but he had, like, meth mouth. Mm -hmm. and he was, like, kicking in this, like, property owner's door. It was so weird. It was, like, nobody lived there, but, like, people were running rampant in this place. Oh, man. So... Um, that guy who brings 50 people, he brings someone who has an issue with one of the homeowners and there like begins to be like a scuffle and a, an argument and a fight. And, uh, someone like pulls out a gun and they pop it in the air twice. Jesus. And everyone's like, Oh fuck. So I like get in my car and my, my friends pile into the back. I'm pulling out. And as I pull out, this lady gets in front of my car and she's pointing the gun right at me. Oh. And then she points it right at my friend, Steven. And when she does her, like someone like pushes her hand up and like the, it like disperses. And we're like, we're like, kind of like, I'm like holding onto the steering wheel. Like what the fuck? And, um, like she gets out of the way. I fucking get out of there. We meet up and like, that's like the closest yeah. I've ever gotten. And it was, it was genuinely scary. Yeah. 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 Uh, for sure. Yeah. No, it's scary when anybody pulls a gun If it's just like a random passerby or a cop, anybody who like a firearm pointed at you is just scary. Yeah. 
no, it definitely is. And uh, uh, it was just like a, it was a really bad situation. We never partied uh, there again at like, <laughs> fuck that. But uh, th- yeah, that was that was really the only time that I'd, I'd have a near death experience. Yeah. So yeah. you've never been like in a car accident or almost drowned or. Uh, no, no. Uh, so I've been in car accidents, but I don't I didn't fear for my life then. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it was it's on par with shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's I just anywhere around a military base is always going to have that kind of that kind of weird energy. Yeah. Yeah. And you anytime you have like 20 something year olds uh, with high testosterone in the military with access to guns. Yeah. Is generally pretty, uh, pretty terrible yeah, situations often even in uh even in san diego around the naval base that area like right around the naval base like you don't hang out there <laughs> yeah yeah so you were mentioning earlier that you think uh or yeah that you think that like it's just uh i guess you would say annihilation right after you die like the consciousness is just gone uh what happens when i die um uh, first off, they're going to probably take you off the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Hope- um, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably King Louie and them probably already eaten half your toes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, really uh, what happens after you die is eternal blackness. Yeah. Um, it's um, going to be like whenever you're asleep and you don't remember anything um it's probably going to be like a warm sensation and yeah really i i just i really believe like a whole lot of nothing yes do you think do you think it's uh do you think it's a fade out like an old 90s tube television or do you think it's like tv is now where it's just like click gone Uh, it's probably a fade out yeah um i remember like being around my uncle and my my grandpa when uh when they died and it didn't seem like a, a, you know, a complete nothingness. And whenever you read about um, the minutes after you die, people say that you can still hear stuff. And I totally believe that. I totally believe that it's a, it's a fade out. And as you fade out, your senses, like, fade more than like. I feel like more than likely your touch and your sound are, like, the last things that will fade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you'll, like, slip into it. Like, you slip into falling asleep. And you'll probably feel like a little warm sensation, um, like whenever you do, um, like any type of psychedelic or, um, yeah, like really when you do psychedelics and you feel that like warm, yeah, something come over you. I think that's what it's probably going to be like too. Um, yeah. And then you're just going to gargle up some, gargle up some shit and just, um, (laughs) go into the eternal blackness the deep blackness yeah if that's the case like if i can't hear i genuinely genuinely hope everybody saves thank god until it's been at least 10 minutes because i don't want to be like i don't want to be fading out and then people are just like oh finally (laughs) uh yeah wait till they have like the bag wait till i'm in a bag all right and then be like oh (laughs) yeah 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 get out of the room after i die if you're gonna say anything I don't want to hear, you know, like, so uh, what do we do with dad's house? Like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think like because when I think about when my my grandpa died and like my uncle, 
uh, both of them died like extremely like elderly, you know, elderly mm-hmm. people. And it, it did seem like a long, long process, but yeah. it, it, they were checked out majority of that process. Mm-hmm. It was more like a slow, uh, like you knew it was time, but like they were like inching, inching towards it. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. That's, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's I. I don't know how else to look at it. Uh, I really think that's that's what gives me like the peace about it. Yeah. is knowing that like all of the worries, all of the anxiety, and really, I think that's what helps me deal with my anxiety and deal with like harder and tougher situations. Gives me patience. Is knowing that like, you know, I. You know, like there is nothingness after this. You know what I mean? Like I'm only dealing with this right now. There's one day where I'm not even gonna ever have to worry about any of yeah. this bullshit. What brought you? What brought you to this conclusion? What brought you to like this has to be it? This has to be the answer. Is it like I, a a uh, for lack of a better phrase, is it like a selfish thing? Is it like that I need it to be this, or do you think it's more of like this is this is the only thing that makes sense? A little bit of both, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think that it's a lot. It's like basically like my religion in a sense because I, I view people who um, have religion um, not only want, want a daddy figure but also um, uh, <laughs> also want that like want want that comfort of knowing that there's something else after this. I think that is really the ego part is like thinking that we are so special that after we die there's some eternal grace waiting for us. I, I think the, the selfless thing is, is, you know, feeling like, you know, like there is, there is nothing after this, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just like that plant who died, just like that fucking dog who died, like the Taco Bell dog. Who yeah. Died, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just fucking nothingness after there. Um, and that's okay. And I think that's just kind of the way nature works. That, that's, yeah, that's really the way I think about it. I, uh, I tried to do stand up, but we're, uh, just cause uh, to jump off of dog death. Uh, I did a new stand-up bit where I said uh, white people's dogs die so young because they're loved too much. (laughs) (laughs) That Mexicans love their dogs just enough to where they live forever. Because every every Mexican I know also hates their dog. So... And the dog is like, oh, he's 17. Yeah, it's like they're missing, like, not a leg, just a paw. Both of their eyes are glassy. (laughs) Their teeth are gone. Oh, that's so good. That's really funny and so true. Yeah. The amount of times, like, I had to scream at my mother's or my grandmother's dogs just to make sure they weren't dead was, like... And guess what you're doing? You're adding extra days on their life every time you yell at them. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. They're like, all right, here I go. And you're like, puppy. (laughs) Puppy. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to slip into it, but, yeah. (laughs) The chunk love your voice yeah. fucking swung and brought him back. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. And I think I think there's probably some science to that. Really, yeah. I think Saint Peter just doesn't like Mexican dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know the thing is is like little Bill though he is a pug he's not Dutch he's not Asian yeah. that is a Mexican dog. <laughs> little Bill is a little Bill is a Mexican. Bernie, he's mixed. But yeah. Little Bill that that boy is. Yeah, he's like me. Yeah, my dogs are very Mexican dogs to the point where, like, they're the dogs that are always standing in the yard. Just kind of like, uh, there's only two things that stand in the yard of Mexican houses. It's dogs and then shirtless four-year-olds. 
Those are the mm. only two things that just yeah. hang out in the front yard <laughs> of a Mexican's house. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's why I have an apartment to keep away all the uh, shirtless four-year-olds and dogs. <laughs> You've got to be that shirtless four-year-old now. Yeah, no, no, I have no room for a shirtless four-year-old here. Yeah, just dead stare at every car that drives by. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my part. Para la raza. Dead stare. <laughs> Gente. Yeah. Dead stare at mm. Dodge Neons that drive by. God, I'm I, I'm happy I live in Austin because I haven't seen a Dodge Neon in ages. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Nick, it's always great talking to you. Uh, so thank you for joining me on this um before we go uh any shout outs any plugs you want to throw in where can people find you yeah um follow me on twitter um at cheesy gordita neck instagram cheesy gordita neck uh also i do a taco bell podcast called the cheese gordita bunch uh we are america's most trusted taco bell podcast and we're about to well by the time this comes out we did an interview with sam reed uh he's a guy who uh is Eating Taco Bell for 30 days, 90 meals total, three three times a day for 30 days. Um, you should talk to him before he dies. Yeah, I was going to um, say, if he doesn't make it through, I'll cut that little snippet from your... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll record this part. Man, uh, it's really tragic to hear about Sam Reed. Um, I'm very thankful we person. were able to get him on the podcast before he went. No, I'm kidding. But also, I do Land of Cheese and Sauce with you. Mm-hmm. Um um, we are mortal enemies on that show, but good friends in real life. Yes, I uh, agree. So, I agree. so yeah, check me out there. All right. So uh, before we go, I uh, we have uh, every guest say uh, a little Buddhist hymn that I absolutely love that I think normalizes a lot of this stuff. And uh, I'll say it for you, and then if you can recite it for everybody listening afterwards. Uh, Death positive. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. The uh, the prayer is aging is normal for me. Illness is normal for me. And death is normal for me. Aging is normal for me. What's the second one? Illness is normal for me. <laughs> Illness is normal for me. And death is normal for me. All right, everybody. Nick Ortiz. Thanks for dropping by, bud. Yeah, no worries.